Welcome to the Recovering Academic Podcast. I'm Amanda, and I'm at the beginning of my journey outside of academia through starting my own scientific editorial service. I'm Ian, and I'm in the process of leaving academia, aiming for a career in science communication or editing. And I'm Dr. PMS. I've left academia about one year ago to work as a biotech salesperson, and I'm still in recovery. We're in various phases of transitioning out of academia, and we'll share insights, advice, and problems we encounter at each stage. Hi, and welcome to the Recovering Academic Podcast. I'm Clady, and I'm here with Ian and Amanda. And today, we're going to discuss um, LinkedIn and how to use it as your ally. Uh, I think that this is probably going to be an interesting podcast as Ian and me have already talked about this before and we have quite opposite opinions about it. Uh, Personally, I think that LinkedIn is a very useful tool, especially for those that are planning to leave academia. But I think that uh, Ian doesn't agree with that. Well, I, it's not that I don't think it's useful. I mean, it, it is the professional network for every professional that's not an academic, as far as I can tell. And maybe there's a few professions that don't use LinkedIn, but academics certainly don't, um, at least very much. And I, I mean, I think it's hard to adopt as a social network for academics because we don't use it and even if you're leaving it's hard to adopt as a tool because it has always to me felt very clunky and very archaic and like i'm used to googling a scientist's name or looking their email up in a paper and linkedin doesn't let you just directly contact people very easily and like you have to have the reason you contact them and you know it's you know it's not that i'm like just dropping emails out of the blue and like it's just there's better ways to find people to network with like i mean my primary networking tool is twitter right now like i mean i do use linkedin and i have a profile that i need to update but i've just always found it to be a very very clunky tool and like i mean i did get recruited via linkedin a couple weeks ago and got a job interview out of yay it. look so, at that again, it's not that hey that's awesome it's not that there's not value there it's just and then yeah, and then I guess my other thing with LinkedIn, so like it, the clunkiness of it to me anyway. And it's not that the, again, it's not that the content's not good; it's fine. And then my whole other thing with LinkedIn that has always kind of bothered me is, what is the resume you put there? Because you know, okay, one, you're told customize your resume for every job and write your mission, you know, cover letter and have your, you know, like you're tailing yourself. But the first thing that person might do with your resume or like they'll see your name they'll go look you up on linkedin and your resume is not going to be customized for that job because you can't do that on linkedin because it has to be generic and so which document do they trust more the one that you spent time customizing or the one that you have on linkedin and it just seems to introduce this element of uncertainty into the job search that's like a bit hard to navigate for me. Like I know people tell you to just, well, just have a skeleton resume on LinkedIn. But again, it's just, you know, it's just this complicated thing that I haven't figured out how to really effectively use. Yeah. I guess that uh, the, 
the resume that you add to the LinkedIn, it's more, I wouldn't say an skeleton of a resume, but it's more, uh, it's frozen. So you cannot play too much with it. So you can, I would say, add as much as you want there. So then you will have more things uh, there. And, and then you just pick up the most important for that particular job, especially because you do have a restraint of a page number when you send a resume. And LinkedIn, you don't. So you can just add more things. And I wouldn't pick and choose. I would just put everything that you think mm -hmm. that is valuable for you as a professional. Yes. Yeah. Okay, but then that's not very readable. Well, but that's the thing is that with LinkedIn, you can scan through and see like, okay, because everything's going to be listed based on job, right? So you go through and you can scan through and see, okay, these are jobs that are obviously relevant to what is going on, like what you're applying for. And the hiring manager or whoever, if they go there, will go through and scan through it. Um, I also think that LinkedIn mm -hmm. is really good for things like if you have writing samples, you can put, upload documents there, yeah, and then they're right there. I mean, that's something I should actually do because I have of lots people. of writing samples. So I kind now. of think of it as a um, right portfolio. Yes, as a portfolio. Yes, right. It gives you an opportunity to have everything in one place. Right. And you can put links that people can click and look. Like, uh, mm -hmm. for instance, you could add to yours that you're a moderator of the Diversity Journal Club at the uh, at our podcast and then put links to the page right. I think I have and, all of that and there. It's, it can be more interactive. The other thing is that LinkedIn has endorsements or um, recommendations. Um, endorsements, I'm kind of, I don't know how important those are, but the recommendations I know are important because I've gotten jobs based off of them. Like people have gone to my LinkedIn profile and see, and saw like that people have endorsed me for say editing grants and that's helped get me a particular job. And that's something that I can't um, put on, a, like I wouldn't be able to put on a resume, say, because I couldn't say, you know, right. so-and-so said whatever. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, like, you know, I have, you know, recommendations from these, like, professors at these universities. Like, go ahead and contact them. Or I can't right. include a letter of support with my application. Yeah, I guess that LinkedIn, it might not be like the perfect tool, but you can't, I think that you need to use every tool that is available, first of all. And I agree with Ian when they say that, when he says that um, it's not uh, very useful for scientists. Yeah, the user because the way that scientists, we usually connect with other scientists and the way that we know of them is because we do PubMed, uh, we go to the internet and we find the work of some person and and then we follow that work and usually you go to the university website and if it's a professor, usually you can have a link for the CV and all those things. But you have to have in mind that those people are not really in the market especially professors they are not in the market for job so that's not our case that's not the case of uh, our audience here that are planning to leave academia some of us 
So then uh, you can use LinkedIn in order to uh, have a, a resume, like an open resume for everybody to see and also for networking because that's where you can see who is out there and ask to be introduced and contact and sure. do a lot of things. I Right. I mean, and of course, and like, I mean, of course, like, I mean, I know LinkedIn is a huge company and it's an important thing to have a presence on, but like, I mean, it's also a little bit like when you're networking with LinkedIn, I also know that the general rule is you know, once you find somebody on LinkedIn, you move away from LinkedIn as fast as possible to keep talking to that person. <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe unless you have like the premium account or whatever with LinkedIn, but um, but it lets you know that person is there, like out there. Right, exactly. And it's fantastic as like a people look up resource. Like in that sense, it's a little bit like online dating, I guess. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, yeah. it, I mean, right because or... like, you know. <laughs> swipe left, well, swipe right. Yeah, I mean, it's not yeah. it's not quite that bad, right? It's not <laughs> Tinder. It's, it's more like, you know, OkCupid or, you know, Match or something that has like the full online profiles and that you email people and. But, like, even with those things, like, you know, I've tended to, you know, you get out of that, you get out of the LinkedIn ecosystem as fast as possible. <laughs> yeah, but it's the same. With the online dating, is the same. No, you meet a person, but then after that, you exchange email and number and you turn the conversation mm -hmm. right. to somewhere else. And, I mean, LinkedIn's also good for, you know, I mean, looking up companies and seeing what they're about and whether they have jobs available or not and... You know, like there's a whole like company tracking feature that LinkedIn has that's also potentially useful. Although, again, like I have not found a great way of actually integrating that into my life. Yeah, one way one way that I use LinkedIn um, when I wasn't sure what which pathway I wanted to go. Um, and I looked for my connections. I will type um, like keywords about like uh, general things and see who will show up here in my city and I don't live in a huge city so usually everybody is connected <laughs> on like a second or third degree there so usually I will know someone that knows that person so then I will ask to be introduced and I was like hey do you know that person because uh that person is working with that and that and I'm interested in listening uh, and talking about what they do and and, list, and listening to um, some recommendations, maybe some tips if I wanted to um, find a job in that line, you know, and, and, and that worked. I got like a couple of informal interviews and, and, and it was useful for me. So, okay, I mean, and that's fine and great. And LinkedIn is one way to do that. But I've done all of that largely without LinkedIn in my life, too. You know, like I've connected with people and done information interviews and looked up things about job searching and tips for careers and what careers are like. All not through LinkedIn, just through Google searching and Twitter and email. And so... Again, like it's not that LinkedIn isn't useful and it's not a good, it's a good place to have a presence for sure because again, massive company with a huge footprint in the professional world and people do actually check and recruit and 
have information about their companies and they advertise jobs there. And I, I mean, it's a huge place, right, for that. And it's really important to have a presence there. But again, like, it's not like you can't do that. You can't do all the things without LinkedIn. Yes. No, I don't disagree with you. I, I know that you can do. It's just like I said, it's another tool in the middle of all other yeah. tools. But because, especially in the industry, everybody has LinkedIn. And that's a, a, a way that you can... It's it's almost like... Uh, it's for the... Um, as Saikiru said in uh, in a blog post a while ago, uh, it is um, a place. It's how you keep in touch with the people that you don't want to friend on Facebook, but you want to keep uh, a connection. And and I think sure. that that's also useful for others whenever they look at your profile and and they will see. Uh, common connections they were like oh this person knows that person and sometimes it's it's not from the same city in and it's not even from the same field and and then if you're an employer that uh thinking about you it can kind of like ask for a recommendation or ask for the person hey uh how was how do you know that person how so i i guess that uh, it is you can do other things um, outside LinkedIn, but LinkedIn can be useful for not just finding people. Right. You're two degrees away from Kevin Bacon, too? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I have to check. I mean, I guess I'm a little biased because I view, like, so LinkedIn is part of the reason why I got hired at Bite Size Bio was because I, after I applied, like, Nick looked at my um, profile on LinkedIn to get more information. Um, and then based on part of that is part of the reason why he agreed to interview me and then everything went from there. But also I use LinkedIn because um, part of what I do at Bite Size is I find presenters for various scientific topics because we do webinars for um, like tips and advice and troubleshooting for different scientific techniques and so if I need to find somebody that I don't know who would have like if I somebody that I know or one of our writers doesn't have this particular um, scientific skill I'll go on LinkedIn and search whatever like um, we were looking for electron microscopy writers um, and so I searched in LinkedIn to find electron microscopists so right uh, yeah and great so i guess the other thing we should know even though they're newer i it's there's also like the triple as has launched trellis which is sort of oh i hadn't heard of this in part a linkedin for scientists and academics and academic adjacent people um and it's i mean and so i mean it's just getting going but there's also some things where you know like in the world that i want to land in again linkedin may not fully be the place although like, of course, I'm going to maintain my presence there. Like, I should stress, like, this is not that I'm arguing that I shouldn't have a presence on LinkedIn. And, like, I need to be there more often than I am, honestly. But, you know, there are things like that that are coming aboard that are more, even more specialized and targeted at a certain community of people. 
than LinkedIn, which is, you know, the entire professional world, and you sort of have to figure out your own little corner in it. So, like, there's these more specialized social networks that are coming up now that may actually provide some more value, depending on what you're actually looking for and who to connect, you want to connect with. The thing is, like, the academic world tried to do some social media. There is ResearchGate that... Uh, I I have a profile and and I follow a couple of researchers but to be honest uh when I was in academia I it was easier to just follow PubMed because yes. I would do PubMed like every right. hour or so of my life so then <laughs> I, and I will have like alerts that will come straight to my uh thing my about keywords so i i don't know i don't really see the the i mean those are specific for actual scientists right the so research gate and academia.edu and mendeley like trellis is for scientists too and mendeley right like those are for academics who are doing actual research but like trellis is a little bit broader than that like it inc certainly includes scientists but it also includes a lot of the professionals who surround scientists so I haven't heard of Trellis. Can you, like, tell us a little bit more about it? Sure. Um, so, uh, I mean, right now it's sort of, uh, it's, so, like, I mean, it. the way it, Trellis generally works is it's a little bit like Facebook, and you can connect with people, and, you know, you have your profile, like, where you describe who you are and yourself and provide any links to things. And then people can obviously connect with you and you can approve or disapprove their connections. And then like, you know, the main interface is literally like a Facebook wall almost where, you know, people post things in certain discussion areas and then, um, or certain groups, like, you know, so you can form your own groups on Trellis. So, yeah. you know, whatever you want, you, and you can have them public or private. And the idea is that, you know, you can hold public forums and discussions or private things and discussions and, it's a tool for the scientific community broadly, but like, I mean, the groups I'm in in Trellis are things like, you know, the community managers and the community for science communication. And it's a lot of like science communicators and public information officers. And like, I, I mean, so they're trying to expand it more and more to just include anyone who has an affiliation with the scientific enterprise basically should be in theory on Trellis. And like, this is a product the IIIS is investing in. Um, and like Lou Woodley is the lead community manager, if you know her on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and very similar to that, like, I mean, not similar, well, similar in idea and scope, but, you know, like the plant science community is launching plantae.org, which is, you know, literally the social network for plant scientists. And the idea is for them to accompany anybody who's in plant science or adjacent to plant science or just in the plant science world. So... Anyway, there are these more specialized things coming up. That seems to be a really good tool for like networking. Yeah. So that's when you can right. talk and you can meet others and, and then you can discuss ideas. People post jobs too. Oh, really? So, yeah. So, I mean, there's But this do you thing... have a resume on your page? You don't. Okay. But um, like, so, like, I mean, I doubt I would ever get recruited through something like Trellis, or, I mean, maybe that happens, I don't know, like, I mean, and maybe it's a thing I can, I mean, I can email Lou with this idea and say, like, hey, 
have you thought about this and like the LinkedIn type feature? Because like on Plante, I know that there's a whole career section, right? Where people are supposed to post plant science related jobs and, you know, tips and like, but again, it's like the idea is to concentrate a community of people who are interested in something more specialized, whereas LinkedIn is a massive environment. It's just like, you know, like LinkedIn is like Twitter and Facebook. It's encompasses everything around the entire world and I mean, as useful as that might be sometimes, I'm not always interested in the entire world and universe because that's overwhelming and <laughs> hard to find the right. things that I right. actually need to find. So it's not, again, it's not that LinkedIn has no value here. It's just... I think that LinkedIn, you can find people, but you can also be found. Right. That is yes. the that is one of the big things right. also. And, and if they... And like, as Amanda... I also got my job through LinkedIn. Uh, they published, the, they put the ad on LinkedIn. And then after I applied, they look at my profile. And, and then I started talking through through the LinkedIn message. And, mm -hmm. and then, as you said, Ian, we moved <laughs> to the email. And I got the interviews. So, um, right. it's... It's kind of like a free uh, advertisement. Let's put it like that. Sure, absolutely. And the, I mean, the thing with like things like Trellis too is that you know, I mean, they, people can message you and like, I mean, they can just say like, "Hey, I would be interested in talking more about Project XYZ," and it's like, okay, and you can respond, and you can, then you can send your resume by email or whatever. And I mean, I sort of like that model a little bit more because it's just slightly more private, I guess. Um, but again, like I said, like it's not that I'm not going to have a presence on LinkedIn because it, it's not an, it's not an, in, it's not unvaluable as a tool. And I guess we should also mention like there are people like Heidi Scott Justo who will, you know, like one of her specialties is you can hire her to help you like basically use LinkedIn, um, help you like improve your profile and actually, you know, get networking and you know, kicking butt when you're using LinkedIn as a platform to do a career search or job transition. Yeah. So anyway, that's something, it's a person we should mention, like, you know, if you want help with using LinkedIn, like she's one you can go to, to, um, yeah, I just took a, um, or I just went to a, did a web or not me presented one, but I attended a webinar that was about how to use LinkedIn. Um, and hmm. the importance of your keywords and your objective statements and things to include in there and um, that sort of thing to make sure that when people are searching for whatever job title or whatever interests you pop up on there. Right. Can you share with us some interesting tips that you remember from that webinar? So um, some of it was things like your um, like for me, because this was for medical writers and editors, so some of it were things like, in your job title, make sure that if you're freelance, make sure that you put freelance in the title because people don't search for um, just edit, like just medical editor or medical writer. They'll search for freelance if that's what they're looking for. Um, some things for like in your um, in the description, things that you want to include or think that are commonly found in um, job ads. So like detail oriented, highly motivated, that sort of thing. Um, 
a lot of it had to do with structuring. So making sure that you had things that were easily accessible. So like instead of linking out to a writing, like a writing sample, make like uploading it so it's right there and you're not making people go one or two steps to get to wherever. Um, the, like the writing sample thing was a really big, because it didn't occur to me that it was kind of a hassle for somebody to click a link to go someplace. Right. But I guess, but it makes sense. Like if it's right there, then it's right there. Yeah, I guess that uh, you need, every time is money. Right. Outside in academia, time is money. So you want to make the life of the reader easier. Uh, so the, the more that you can save clicks, uh, it's better. Mm -hmm. I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I guess there was a little bit of a concern that if, say, like, if it's writing samples that are on your website, and say you applied for whatever job, then you could be tracking clicks from LinkedIn, like, from LinkedIn to your website, and you might know who clicked whatever link. Right. So that, so there was concerns about that because you don't, um, the person who gave the webinar was talking about how as a hiring manager, you don't want to have that sort of trail around. Hmm. Why not? I, was like, I don't know. I, she didn't really explain it. She just said that um, they don't really like the idea of having their, because I'm like, you would know who would have, um, you would know a hiring manager from like X company viewed your site more than likely. Um, but that having the links click, tracked was a thing. Okay, I mean, again, I'm not sure why that's an issue, yeah. but okay. I mean, you know, it's like, it's like we, we're headhunters. We operated the right. team. Right. <laughs> like, um, like, you know, I just, I'm not... I don't really quite understand. I, I mean, maybe there's something I'm obvious I'm missing here. I just... But if you, you do know, have that uh, thing, how can the person know that you're tracking? Right, they don't. they don't. Okay. But they assume that you might, right? And the thing is, like, I mean... I. I mean, I, I don't know, like, I, as a blogger, like, you know, I'm not tech-savvy enough to know how to track an individual person who clicks through to my website. Right. Like, I'm just not. Well, I mean, that's the reason I, why the NIH doesn't let you put um, links in your grant application. is because they're concerned that you'll be able to tell who the reviewer is based on um, if they click through the link. Yeah. Oh, and then you can see location. I mean, I, yeah, that's right. true. Right. I mean, I can understand some of the concern. I just... You know, it's like I, I just seem kind of sur um, superfluous to me. But they said the big thing was that um, the extra time it would take to click through. Yeah, and that that does make sense to me. Like I sympathize with that. Okay, well, I guess that uh, it kind of makes sense then. But uh, but LinkedIn, in that regard, you can just put your sample, your uh, writing sample, right there. So that's that's good. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a relatively newer feature of LinkedIn, too. Cause, like, I don't think you used to be able to do that. Yeah, I don't think so. Either. Yeah, I think that they're improving. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're always trying new things. It's still clunky as hell. But Yeah, I do agree that the user interface leaves something to be desired. Yeah. Yeah, and the thing that you cannot contact, you cannot see the contact information of people, that's kind of a bummer. Because yeah. um, sometimes I do, like the company that I work is huge and everybody is all over the world. And sometimes I need to talk to 
some person and I don't really know exactly who the person is or I don't have the phone or the email and uh, and then sometimes I go to LinkedIn to look for those people and and then I'm kind of like okay now I cannot see their email I cannot see their telephone like I'm kind of like uh, sometimes I send message through them through their hey I need to talk to you. <laughs> yeah. But um, usually I have to go other way to find the contact information from the people. So it's, it's, um, that could be improved. But I don't know if they do that on purpose. So then, um, well, you, they definitely do. You need to yeah, interact with the person. You need to have like as a, a primary contact and. Right. There's that. And I think if you're a premium member of LinkedIn, you probably get more access to stuff like that pretty easily. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know because I've never, I've never been premium. I never had the felt the need. Uh, but the, that's one of the reasons why uh, everybody should set up a LinkedIn account. Uh, keep it updated because there's a lot of people mm -hmm. that put make one and then forget about it and change to another city and then it's it's there right. so try to go there and and take a look at what's going on and and contact everybody that you know even though yes. uh if you don't think that if it's a person from like high school or whatever you know for you wherever you used to live the city where you used to live when you were a child you never know um when those contacts are going to be useful and as in linkedin there is this second degree third degree contact so the more contacts that you do have it's it's really better because then more people will be able to see you and you'll be able to see more people as well yes mm -hmm. and i think like linkedin works out well for like um letting people know that you're looking for a job because you'll start updating your LinkedIn, you'll have more information on there. Um, if you get an interview or you're interested for working somewhere, you can see that people that you might not think that would have any connections, or you people that you people you know might have connections that you just don't know about. And most people are always really happy to help you. Mm -hmm. Like if they know somebody who can talk to someone or give you an introduction, they're usually very happy to help. Right. Yes. Yeah. Because we all want each other to succeed. And again, I I just want to reiterate: this is also true outside of the LinkedIn world. <laughs> oh, so just. Yeah, we're not saying that. I mean, that. again, like I mean, yes, I'm gonna go link update my LinkedIn profile very soon after we're done here, or try to do it this <laughs> week. But um, because like I need to. Yes, but, as you should. But yes. yeah, again, like it's not that it's unvaluable; it's just. You know, like, I just have not found it to be the most fruitful tool for me as yet. Well, I guess that it depends from case to case. Mm -hmm. In industry, mm -hmm. for sure, uh, LinkedIn is really yes. big, too. So uh, right. for science-adjacent careers, maybe not that much. Because you, as it's kind of like you have... Uh, 
one foot in, one foot out. So um, I guess that you just need to find out the best for you. And of course, Twitter is also a great networking uh, tool and you can find a lot of people, but not everybody's on Twitter. Not everybody's reading your tweets and not everybody's on LinkedIn. So not everybody's on Trellis. So if right. you can uh, have a profile everywhere and put your set your presence everywhere, the more the merrier in that case, because that is more visibility, is more people, more networking, and more chances that you're going to get your job. Right. right. And again, we should reiterate, like the thing that gets you the job is what works in the end. So it's not like, yes. you know, if you get it through LinkedIn, great. If you find that job through Twitter, amazing. Right. It's, you know, these are all just different ways. Like Twitter tends to be faster and like you can tend to connect with people faster there, usually if they're on Twitter than LinkedIn. But but yeah, anyway, whatever gets you the job is what works. So um, exactly. Yes. And I think that with that, we should wrap it up. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, if you have any questions and comments, you can contact us either on through the website or our Facebook page. Thank you for listening and I'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Recovering Academic Podcast. Our music is from bensound.com under a Creative Commons license. You can find us on the web at recoveringacademic.net where you can contact us and subscribe to our newsletter. You can find all of us on Twitter. I'm at Lady Scientist. I'm at Dr. Underscore PMS. And I'm at IH Street. And don't forget, there is sunshine outside the ivory tower.